Hello and welcome back to my podcast. Ah, it's been a while. Um, thinking of all of you on this holiday, and I am sitting here. I've been reading this book. It's by um, the late Wayne Dyer and Esther Hicks. It's called uh, The Teachings of Abraham and uh, Co-Creating at Its Best. I've been enjoying this book a great bit the past few days. It comes from, actually the past few weeks, it comes from um, a series of lectures that were given. Uh, Esther Hicks is known for her work and her book, Getting Into the Vortex. And of course, uh, it mentions Wayne Dyer, the late Wayne Dyer, his book, I Can See Clearly Now. I wanted to think about Wayne Dyer because I've been reading a book that his kids wrote. This book means a great deal to me. It, it, it has a great deal of insight. It's a series of conversations. And with regard of going through so much of this book, I don't want to read it because it's copyrighted, of course. But if you've been ever uh, aware of the great uh, philosophical and spiritual teachings be it some of the Bible, it's done through uh, conversations, dialogues. Some of the most profound wisdom in the Bible is dialogues. <laughs> then you have uh, the uh, dialogues of Plato, of course, which were uh, deal with uh, Plato, Aristotle, and Socrates, you know, three of my favorite uh, philosophers that I've considered master teachers in my life. And that's what this is as well. To mention another one, I would say probably uh, uh, in the context of a uh, dialogue, you know, uh, would be all of any of your ancient philosophers that taught in this uh, Hellenistic view and uh, Greek view of how lectures were given, the whole, the whole idea of a lecture room. Um, hmm. So, this dialogue between master teachers, whatever that means, I have yet to meet a master teacher. I think we are all master teachers in our own lives, is a bit of a gamble. So I wanted to read, uh, I'm well aware of these two writers, of course. I've been fans of them for a while. Mm. Wayne having a background in psychology and uh, Esther Hicks uh, being very much into the Abraham sonars. But what I wanted to really focus on is just this brief conversation in this to start our podcast. It's on page 77, and it's called Being on Your Path. And the question is brought up, and I don't know which is which here. I kind of guess. I know which one. It said, the question is posed, if you know that you have a dharma, you have a destiny, you have this something 
like perhaps you were a great artist. For me, it was a teacher. For me, it was a writer. The things that I have absolute. For you, it is also an uplifter. For you, it is a keeper of the light so that, so that others may find it. But when I got off that path, when I got away from it, some of the most profound changes in my life occurred. And I was at those lowest places in my life. Yes, of course, because you don't know what you do want until you know what you don't want. And some of that contrast launches some very big rockets. And it also puts you in touch with your emotional guidance system. So that you can tell what, when, Ron, and when you're off your path. It goes into speaking about source energy, which is you're dealing with God. You're being profoundly pulled one way or the other. <laughs> it's pretty deep stuff, and I'm going to take a moment not to click in on what is being said in, in that moment of source energy between these two great masters your dharma, or is it rather your purpose in life, and how you know when you get away from it, that you don't lose a sense of who you are. You lose a sense of why you're here. And that nature of feeling lost is because you know that you have so many moments in life, so much time, so much ambition. You have the downtime, the personal time for yourself. You have the time to grow and of course reflect on all of the stages and ambitions and moments of grief and sadness of happiness of feeling a sense of accomplishment this nature is all folded into dharma in one way there's also the unseen dharma which means in the essence what you feel and do not understand is the lack of connection to one another, to other people, and how important that is and how lost it is today in our society. And with even way before this pandemic we've all lived through, I think that um, we had many ways found that loss. That sense that uh, you're a grinding cog in the wheel of the machine of industry and society and politics and all these things. But your real sense of accomplishment is in those little personal things that you do. And now so many of us have coasted along and felt that we could get by and felt this backlash of knowing that we really don't love what we do and um, the sense of deeper meaning and strength in a very Jungian way is to grow as an individual based on all the aspects of yourself. And so self-knowledge becomes sort of a continuance to spiritual growth. Spiritual growth comes 
as a way for the self to find a way to understand their own purpose in the world. A friend of mine on Twitter asked, why do people that are older get into so many conspiracy theories? This, this young girl, her parents came as uh, refugees from Vietnam, and she's always posting about how she has been treated a certain way for how she looks. I think that's become so much a part of our society now that these people are allowed to be outspoken and want to be treated equally. But her point was, she said, um, why do people get like that? And of course, on Twitter, you can only say so much, so I want to reflect more on this, it calls into that idea of meaning, that deeper meaning. And that's when people hit a midlife crisis. And beyond that, they either have uh, all these things you can read about in psychology on the stages of life. Ultimately, you either become a happy person that uh, feels your life is accomplishment, or you feel that... Uh, you do not have a sense of accomplishment. Become rigid. The Tao Te Ching tells us that uh, to be like water, to, to flow around the obstacles, which is the most powerful thing that there is. So I said to her that, you know, people that are older, when their self-narrative does not match the narrative of the reality, then their narrative reflects the ultimate lie to themselves. Wayne Dyer is one writer and teacher and psychologist, philosopher that I always enjoyed, as well as I enjoy his kids and their writing, because they come from various aspects of different perspectives which is very important um, you have to be open to all aspects of beliefs even if they aren't your own to be aware of them to be open to other people's feelings interpretations values and uh, narratives I've got my fan on here a little bit. Uh, the heater turned on, so don't mind that rattling there. But these these narratives are not uh, so much uh, narratives of your own, but they're ones you can learn from and grow from. This is what life is about. Eleven minutes into this podcast, I really haven't even gotten into it. I just wanted to reflect on that sense because we as a society have felt so many weights on us lately so many problems of, of dealing with uh, the way the things we took for granted and basic needs and basic things that we did are now upheavaled 
feeling safe, feeling safe just to go to the store to buy something or be around friends or family during the holidays. It's the second year we've been through this. And I know many of you have felt this. It affects every person differently. It's like grief. What is the worst part of grief? I know this for having just lost my great aunt. She was a very great aunt. That you somehow have to go on without that person. In the sense of what our society is going through, we have to go on um, without a part of ourselves that we identified with. So that's a part of your identity that uh, that grief comes from. And then there's the different sources of loss and reflections of whatever you value. So a lot of people are really losing losing it lately. They're really having a hard time. And I bring all of this up because the holidays are coming on and the holidays are good and the holidays are bad and the holidays and all those feelings that move within us. I was sitting here last night listening to some of the just amazing beautiful music of Kevin Eubanks and uh, some of his jazz type of music, some of his, some of his little Christmas stuff and feeling the power of his music because for that very reason the music has that power to bring you back to the holidays a simple thing of a Christmas song or a Hanukkah song or whatever holiday you celebrate for me it's Christmas it's that old Christmas tree and that old man in a red suit and that child in the manger lives with a simple smile running from all those mouths and living for all the things while the wise men the three wise men bring them all that loot And the star above shines brightest because it shines for truth. I remember when I was a child, we'd go up to the Diamond and Ligonier. And I always have light up night, the Diamond. And it was simpler times, man. Simpler times. We'd all go up there. And the whole winter we'd these big snowfalls and go to school and before I went to school before I was old enough we'd go sled riding down Library Hill in Ligonier and Mayor Cliff Noggle would walk off the alley it was down from my house to me at the time it seemed a million miles down the road but it was only a few miles down the road I felt myself growing and groaning every time I hit the hill and went sliding all the way back to the other side, not knowing the immensity of it, the history of it, that 200 years earlier it had been a war, war zone, a fort. To me, the history of where I lived was always a part of the mystery of Christmas and Library Hill. 
where the man with the old child dog would sit. That dog that would growl at everybody would come up to me with its dark tongue and lick my face and be like an old friend. As we'd sit and watch the snowfall. That was my childhood. Moving around the diamond until they light up night and Santa Claus would come and we'd all go in City Hall and stand in line. Wait to tell him what we wanted. Knowing when we got to Santa Claus, waiting in line, fifth, fourth kid away, third, the second, oh God, what am I going to say? What do I want from Santa Claus? Who is in essence God? Who is in essence our higher selves? That when we got there, in Santa Claus's lap, all we had to really say was we're thankful. Thankful for today. We felt that feeling so old and ancient. Like every old, ancient ornament on a tree that was older than you and older than me and older than our grandparents and older than the earth and salt. The stars. The old elf was real. There was someone inside that we totally wanted. Really, we lied because we said to ourselves was that we wanted to give present to someone to show that we've truly lived. Dynamite, stars, like an infant calendar. Every calendar or color had words and names that were unto themselves and sparkled, shimmered, blazed with lines. As he wrote the name of the one that we loved the most. Father and Mother, Lord like the Holy Ghost. Brothers and sisters, our friends, our family. And that one sweet girl we had spent so much knowing that she was like family. Loved so much as old Santa Claus. Because she was a beauty that heavens gave praise and applause. That's the pure poetry that I feel when I listen to the old songs and Kevin Eubanks hitting all those notes as he does. I felt that. The master teacher master guitar saying the same thing as I've spoken read in this book and said simply remember who you are it's not what we get and what we give it's material things passed on when they lose meaning as all the things we've been seeing and we left the end alone with just ourselves. 
gift that we've known and lived a life fully and felt every accomplishment truly waited loved like the babe in the manger we've done more and we've done a whole lot more is given of ourselves every moment every purpose every little shop that windows were edged in the cover of snow the warmth of fire the hearth can you feel that glow? The crackle of wood and the sparks in the chimney. Old Ligonier, as my childhood felt so clearly and dearly. I loved up there. Spontaneous prose that's spoken with just simple ease. Walk back up that hill to Library Hill, down the road, the diamond sparkling, just enough light, the darkness to guide me home. They all like that little poem there. I wanted to do it a poetic poem right there because it, uh, <laughs> you're probably saying, what did he just do? That was a spontaneous poem there. I, I wanted to capture that uh, so much like almost feeling, you know, what we're all feeling this year. It's, it's up and down, up and down, up and down. And uh, yeah, man, you know, Got this picture of uh, little Aubrey here, sitting by the tree, and all these stories about her. I like to share some of them. I don't. And she got this big smile. The fire is bright. She got her stockings hung over it. Big blue eyes and her long blonde hair. Candles are lit. The tree has ornaments red and gold on it. At the top, an angel. Mabri said to me the other day, she says, The Papa, she calls me. <laughs> she says, Is Santa Claus real? And I said, Miss Aubrey, Santa Claus is as real as you are. As real as you're ready, ready to believe and dream. So, you know, all these ideas like Santa Claus are all just one metaphor for God, for ourselves, for the purpose we are driven our lives by Dharma. <laughs> mm.
another part in this book that I really like. says page 98 so for everybody everybody watching everybody here it's like when there's something inside of you it's calling it's like I just think of it as a calling that calling of who you are master teachers huh you know, I've keep this podcast short tonight. I, I, I'm working a lot and I'm hoping these holidays are good for everybody. I'm hoping you're all safe. But I think you just need a little bit imagery. I was listening to that. I wanted to feed in with that, that line of Wayne Dyer and some of these teachers to establish that and then throw these Christmas images to you, not to interpret them, not to give you a beautiful story, not to give you anything else, but just these images, let them flow. And you can draw from them whatever image it is from your own life, your own childhood, that you can. And in that way, Take that lesson for greater meaning to yourself. Take these holidays about what really matters in your life. What you value the most. It's not something you're buying. It's not something that makes you angry. It's not some unfulfilled thing in your life. Whether you're married, divorced, have kids, never did, are alone or young elderly, whatever. You can always look to your neighbor. You can always look to somebody to find goodness in, love, and uh, do something nice for them for Christmas, you know, whether it's shoveling their sidewalk, telling them they're a good person, Buying them a book that you know they'll like. A fountain pen. Accomplishment or tell someone you truly appreciate what they've meant to your life and the life they manifest. This is the sweetness of life. So much of why I wanted to tell this this way is thinking of Aunt Dorothea just passed away in the conversations we had. Information I wrote down for her genealogy and taking her concept of life that it's not about any of those things other than just that. So, I'd like to make another one of these before Christmas, but if I don't, I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas and a uh, wonderful holiday season. Stay safe. Uh, we are not out of the woods yet. In fact, 
If this was the woods, I'd feel a lot safer. <laughs> oh, man. I'll catch you all later, a few weeks here. You'll be good. Carry those Christmas images in your heart. Do what I just did right there. When you feel down, when you feel like the weight of holiday after holiday, when you feel like you're old, you've been through so much, just reconnect with that child that saw their first Christmas. It doesn't have to change. It doesn't have to be any different. That moment is the same moment you have right now to value your life, to grow from it, to be kind and beautiful and everything. Whatever holiday you worship or don't worship, whatever you find value in, reflect on the goodness in that instant beauty. Thank you all, and uh, thank you for listening.